Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey guys, good evening, good evening, good evening. Welcome to California Haunts Radio. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour, and I think we've got a great show lined up. The other thing is, I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state, which means if you have a paranormal issue, we can help you. It might take us a couple hours to get to you, to your location, but we will get out there and, and, and help you out. We also have affiliates in Oregon, Washington, Nevada, and um, Hawaii, if you need help. If you're watching from Facebook tonight, Please be sure to hit that follow button and hit the like button if you like what you hear. If you're watching from YouTube, look at my hat's doing weird things again. See? Okay. If you're watching, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that, that's worse. It looks like I should be in the Grinch movie. Um, if, if you're watching from YouTube, please be sure and uh, subscribe. We're looking for subscribers, okay? Remember that button right there? That's our ghost. He's our mascot. You, uh, Click on that, and the subscribe button will pop up. We have more than 460 videos sitting over there, and they're all different types of topics. It's not just paranormal, and I think you'll find something that you like. Tonight's guest, uh, Rick McCallum, is here, and he's part of the Hollywood Ghost Hunters team. But he's also had the opportunity to visit Scotland, and uh, I, I, I was in England quite a while ago, but I remember a lot of the ghost stories that I ran into, uh, you know, up and down England. I was in Canterbury. And I'm really eager to talk to him about his experiences there. And then maybe we can squeeze in a few more different types of Hollywood ghosts. All right. Since he's a Hollywood ghost hunter. So let me bring him in and he can tell you about himself and then we'll take it from there. Good evening. Hello. <laughs> Hello. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Can't complain. Tell me about you, sir. What is there to say about me? Um, <laughs> I founded the Hollywood Ghost Hunters along with Kane Hodder, who played Jason Voorhees in the Friday the 13th movies. Cool. Uh, and R.A. Mihailov, who played Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. I personally was a stuntman, and I've been in about 75 TV and movie projects. And recently I've written two books, uh, Ghost Believe in Me, which won the uh, Paranormal Awards uh, Book of the Year. And my new one, uh, the spirits are out there and they're looking for you, just came out. Fantastic. Fantastic. So if I understand it right, you had the opportunity to go to Scotland. Oh, many times. Many times. I also happen to be a member of Scottish Paranormal. Oh, awesome. Tell me the difference between the ghosts there and the ghosts here. Oh. Is there a difference? There, there really is, and it's a great question. Um, the ones in Scotland, England, and Ireland, because I've been to all those places, mostly Scotland, um, mm -hmm. much more intense than here, much more. I mean, you go into some places, I mean, you get stuff every single time you go, uh, and the interaction is much more intense. Is it because of the, I mean, the, because of the, cause I, I know when I was over in England, the history there, you know, there's so much sad history 
And is that the kind of feeling you get in Scotland as well? Is this, it's a, like you say, intense, really, really sad history, the battles and all that? You know, I don't, I've, I've been to many of the battle, battle sites. As a matter of fact, the biggest, most bloody fight between the English and, uh, and the Scots was, was the Battle of Roslyn, 1303. Mm -hmm. And that's where Roslyn Chapel is and all, all that stuff. But there were 30,000 English that came and 8,000 Scottish people took them on. And actually, like 35,000 of the combatants died. And almost all of them were English. So, I mean, it was, um, and there's also rumors that uh, William Wallace showed up to help him and the Knights Templar showed up to mm. help him. But that's, you know, that's the rumors, who knows? Mm -hmm. But uh, when you get into battles like that, now what people don't understand is, you know, they see our wars and we're shooting people with rockets and things right. like that. I mean, most of these people were farmers, you know, and they were out there with like hammers and scythes you know, they weren't fighting with swords and, you know, things like that. They were fighting with whatever they could find. And everything was face to face. So it wasn't, you know, it was much more personal. You could tell what the guy ate for lunch from his breath. He was so close. So, you know, that was real battle. You know, that was man on man and you knew you could die. You know, mm -hmm. you can't hide behind a wall and, you know, wait for the other stuff to go by. They were in the middle of a field fighting. So, very, very intense. And, uh, I, you know, I go to Scotland. I've been there seven times now. And I usually stay for a month at a time. What types of bat I mean, what types of ghosts have you run into on, on the fields? Let's talk about the battlefields because I know, you know, we talk about Gettysburg here and, and you know, the teams that go to Gettysburg and they, and they pick stuff up. Is it similar over there on picking stuff up or, or is it more uh, emotional? Well, you know, it, it's so strange is that, uh, first off, I am the last casualty of the Battle of Roslyn, 1303. I went down there to, to scope out the place to see where I could go at night. Mm -hmm. And I fell down a hill and tore up my knee. Wow. <laughs> so, so I was the last casualty of it. Um, I went out there with a the guy that uh, was in charge of, uh, it was actually on a farm, um, a ranch, actually, farm, ranch. I'm not sure what he was growing there. But uh, he and I actually went out and ghost hunted the entire place. And for the entire night, we got absolutely nothing. Wow. Which, but you got to remember, 1303 is, you know, 700 and some odd years ago, right. 720 years ago. Mm -hmm. So uh, when I wrote my first book, too, uh, you know, I wrote about that. And the final thing I wrote down, I says, well, another way of looking at this. And I just say, gentlemen, rest in peace. You know, I think they've had enough time to go on to where they were supposed to. And I think people that die in battle generally go to their great rewards right off the bat. Okay. You know, that's just, at least I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. What about the castles? Oh, the castles are fantastic. Um, I, the uh, Scottish Paranormal were like the in-house uh, uh, paranormal group for Balgoni Castle. Mm -hmm. And I've been there many, many times. And uh, actually... Uh, when I was just there, the uh, Dark Zone people came along and filmed us uh, ghost hunting through the castle, which they broadcast on their on their app. Um, got some really, really interesting things in there, too. Um, one of the things that we got there was that earlier we'd had part of the people of the tour going around and ghost hunting in there. And they, all the women were saying the same thing was that they were getting thrown out of the chapel. 
they're being told to leave and they got, you know, it was just really bad news. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the people that was with my team, a girl named Cheryl Plum, uh, we decided to put her in the chapel by herself and see what would happen because we knew Cheryl wasn't going to be afraid, mm -hmm. right? And uh, Cheryl is an absolute expert in audio. So we we sent her in there. You know, it's so funny about her. She's got like things all attached to her. She looks like a Decepticon going in there. You know? <laughs> but uh, we sent her in and uh, she was in there for about 10 minutes and nothing was happening. And I came in with my FLIR thermal imager. And I didn't see anything. Well, then uh, Mikey Thompson, who is with my group, and Gregor Stewart, who is one of the founders of uh, Scottish Paranormal, he came in and we started asking questions. And we started getting very direct responses. And we, we were able to figure out that this guy didn't hate women. He'd actually, he was actually deformed. So okay. pretty much we figured out that women just shunned him. right? Mm -hmm. And he was just mad about it. And you know, we, we approached it from that way. And he actually started being really sweet to Cheryl. I asked, I asked one question. I said, if you had a chance, would you be nice to Cheryl? Right. And he goes, I will. I, I mean, so, but we got some really good uh, audio captures off of that. Whoa. That, you know, that that's awesome. I remember when I was over in, in England going through the, through, through Henry VIII's castles how they just have that feeling you know it's, it's exciting to be in them because because of, of the history of these castles but you could also almost feel the the the, the ghosts are still there the, the, you know you could feel that energy yeah no that's what i'm saying it's more intense when you walk into some places i mean you instantly know you're not alone mm -hmm. and you don't really get that too much over here you get it you get a little feeling something's around here but when you walk in there you're positive there's things in there mm -hmm. and uh that's why i go back all the time i mean uh Actually, one of the, the most haunted places I've ever been was in England, in Yorkshire, a place called Bolton Abbey. Sometimes they call it Bolton Priory. Uh, and we'd also gone earlier in the day to the Norwich Theater, where uh, Mandy Fellows, who is the leader of uh, Anubis Paranormal in Yorkshire, she and I both saw a full body apparition no farther than six feet away from us. Wow. And uh, yeah, <laughs> totally different thing. Then I went to Colross Palace, where they do where they uh, shoot a lot of uh, Outlander stuff. Mm -hmm. And my friend is the manager there, Linda Whiteford, and she was giving us a private tour. And as we were walking along, I turned around, I saw a man walk through the arch, and I walked into the other room and I looked. There's absolutely nobody there, and I mean, it only took me like maybe ten seconds to walk there, and I was still walk looking through the arch, and he didn't go the other way. So. You know, you, you do see things in, in England more than you do here. And you feel things more over, you know, in, in the UK than you do over here. Mm -hmm. And you talked about the, the, the gentleman that, that was deformed. What, what types of ghosts do you run into there? Well, usually what you're running into is just your basic everyday person. You know, a lot of them are from uh, uh, quite a ways back. Uh, when we, uh, Scottish Paranormal took me on a little tour of, of Scotland when mm -hmm. I first met them. And they took me to a place called the West Wemus Caves, which are right on the, right on the ocean. And they're big, big caves. And I, we went walking in and I took out my K2 meter, which is, I'm kind of famous for using the K2 meter. Uh, and I, I, I tend to really get some good results with it. It's, it's Everybody laughs and said, how do you do that? I said, I don't do that. They do that. <laughs> so I'm not the one making it go off. 
But uh, we walked in there and I said, uh, well, what do you see in here? And they started telling me the story. And they said, there's a girl that, that appears here. She appears in Balgoni Castle, but she also appears here. And it's called, her name's Mary Sybil. So I took out my K2 meter and they said, hey, mate, that, those don't work in here. We've never got one to work in here. And I turned it on and I just said, Mary Sybil, are you here? Five lights. And they went, how did you do that? I said, just trust me on this. I'll get stuff with this. So uh, when we went over to Balcony Castle after that, later on, I walked in. I said, hey, Mary Sybil, it's Rick. I was talking to you at the caves. Are you here? Bam, five lights. Right? So they're like, what's going on? You know, I've always thought if you treat a spirit like you would treat somebody you just met, mm -hmm that usually you'll get better things. I mean, you can't go in there going, I demand you do this. You know, the spirits just, they're not going to show themselves. They're going to laugh at you with the rest of the ghosts sitting around. They're going, what a boob. <laughs> you know, the other thing, I don't know if you found this over the years investigating too, there's always certain people on your team that can do certain things. There's certain people that can get really good EVPs. There's certain people that can make good contact, like, like, like you with the K2 meter. Certain people can get certain good photographs. Yeah, no, that, that's absolutely the case. Like the people that I was ghost hunting with in the uh, Balgoni Castle, there were two of us. There was Cheryl Plum, who is very good with the audio, and Mikey Thompson, who is also very good with the audio and has every gadget known to man. Uh, so I pretty much, I walk around with my K2 meter and talk, and they pick up all the stuff, and then they tell us what's going on. So it's a good team and they do bring their own talent to the, to the hunts. So, you know, without them, I wouldn't know half the stuff that happened, you know, absolutely, absolutely. Like, they always, they always tease me too, because they'll sit there and somebody I'll say something. I said, I just heard something. And people say, we didn't hear anything. And they said, trust me, if Rick says he hears something, he heard it. They said, we've been following him along. And every time we go through this stuff after he said, I heard somebody just heavy breathing and they'd call up and say, there it is. You know, so it's like, can I tell you, I heard it, right? So they just said, if Rick hears it, he hears it. As a matter of fact, I'm usually the one that really listens to the uh, DR60 recorder that Mikey has mm -hmm. when it's a little hard to hear. Mm -hmm. So so do you run into some sad stories as well? I mean, you know, because obviously, you know, there's, there's you know, you hear the stories of, of the, the women wait, waiting for their husbands to return or their lovers to return. You, you run into that stuff when you're in these castles. Well, I didn't, we didn't uh, run into anything about uh, somebody not returning, but we did have a very, very strong session at Earth Castle. And Earth Castle had had a fire two years earlier. So mm -hmm. we couldn't, we were supposed to stay overnight in there. We didn't end up doing that, but they did let us ghost on a little bit, like only in four or five rooms. And it's a huge mm -hmm. castle, but we were getting a lot of audio. And we actually went up to this one room where three people burned to death, not in the recent fire, but way back. And it was the uh, nanny and two kids. And as we were talking, I just finally asked, I said, uh, this question is for the nanny. Could you have gotten out? He came back, yes. I said, did you stay to help try to save the kids? He said, I tried, or something similar. But it was very sad because, you know, the lady could have gotten away and she went, you know, she she went the final mile trying to save those kids. So sometimes you get things like that, you know, and it, it really affects you too. I mean, I mean the fact look look at David, the the deformed guy. 
-hmm. By the time he was done, he was, you know, I think he wanted to ask Cheryl to the prom. I mean, it was, you know, it was so cool. It was like Romeo and Juliet, you know, between a spirit and a person. So, you know, you get some pretty cool things when you're out there. What's the castles? I, I couldn't hear you. You were kind of frozen. I saw that. What type of activity occurs in these castles? Um, all kinds. I mean, you'll see you'll see uh, shadows. You'll see things. Things will move. Uh, as a matter of fact, in one place, one of the hotels we were staying at, which was reported to be haunted, uh, some of the people that were with me and uh, went up and they they were doing like a little not a Ouija thing because they didn't have it, but what they did is they put uh, a thing like a salt and a thing of pepper or something like that, something on each side of the thing and say, you know, which, which uh, here, and, and the, they'd be able to figure out what they were trying to say. But right in the middle of it, as they're all talking, glass just went and flew off the table and smashed on the floor. And they all saw it. So, I mean, it's, uh, there's some pretty interesting things that go on out there. Um, in the times that you that, that you've been out, how how can you classify how much activity you've seen? I mean, have you seen have you seen a ton of activity, or is it or is it minimal, or, or what have you seen in the times you've been out? No, it's it's a lot. It, it really is, and not to try and build myself up or anything, but pretty right. much wherever I go, I get stuff. And um, I've always been of the feeling that they pick up on energy because they are energy. And if you're giving off a good energy, they'll come to you. Mm -hmm. I, I try to explain to people, I said, if you're going to go ghost hunting, don't go in there like Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know. Yes, I want to see the ghost. You come up now, right? <laughs> you go in there, and it's like you found a little lost puppy in your backyard. You stick your hand out and you talk nice and soft to them until they like you and then they'll come to you. It's the same with a spirit. If you treat a spirit nice when you get there, they will have a tendency to interact with you. Um, I'm fascinated by, you know, by the Scottish ghost because you see these things on haunted history, you know, these cases of like, of the lone bagpiper and things like that. Have you well, seen this? The story about the bagpiper actually happens at the, uh, the castle that belongs to my family. Really? Uh, yeah. I've never been there. I, I'll probably never get invited, but it's, it is the uh, Malcolm. Malcolm and McCollum family are the same family. Wow. Uh, years back, some of them thought they wanted a more Scottish-sounding name and used Malcolm, but we're 100% blood, right? So mm -hmm. we're the same family. But anybody who's seen the uh, movie uh, Skyfall, the, mm -hmm. uh, the castle in there is actually the McCollum Castle. Um, yeah, there's there, there's so many interesting things out there you know, that, you, that you can't find. But you were talking about the Piper. Yes. There was a guy named Alistair the Devastator who was... Uh, he was like seven feet tall, seriously, red hair and a huge sword. And he would go into battle and he'd just wipe out half the other, the other army. He was just a monster. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, he came to take over McCollum Castle, which at the time belonged to the Campbell clan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, fed, they were able to fend him off and he took off, got in his boat and took off and went and got more soldiers and he was coming back. Well, the Scottish people that were at, in the castle had caught several of his men, including his piper. And what had happened was they were sitting there and they looked and they saw the boats coming back, right? So they knew they were going to have to battle Alistair again. 
And the piper says, look, he won't come in unless I give him the okay on the bagpipes. So they said, okay, play it. So they played it and all of a sudden the boats all turned and left. So they know that the bagpiper had warned them. Mm-hmm. And the head of the, I think it was whoever was the head of the castle at the time of it, actually took it, had him taken in another room and they cut his hands off, which killed him. And then they buried him under some place in, in the castle. And everybody for years thought it was, you know, one of those uh, urban legends mm-hmm. until they were rebuilding stuff and they lifted up this one slab and underneath it was a skeleton with no hands. So, yeah, there's, there, they were very, some things were very cruel back in those days. You know, so it's uh, no wonder there's a lot of hauntings over there. And they still hear him. They still hear the piper from time to time, right? They do. They do. There's another story, and I think it's from uh, St. Andrews. Mm-hmm. They had found an underground tunnel that started from near the beach mm-hmm. and went under the ground. And they could only get back a certain way. Uh, so they decided to send a piper in there, right? And they could sit up. They'd be up above, and they could hear him walking through playing the bagpipes. And he got way deep in there, and all of a sudden they stopped. And he never came out. Wow. So lots of, lots of, lots of uh, pretty cool legends in, in Scotland. And the other question, too, I have is, do these castles have du- have dungeons? You know, I haven't been to one that had a dungeon yet. Okay. Just to be honest, I, I, I don't think, uh, I think only the royal castles had dungeons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, maybe Edinburgh Castle, you know, things like that might have dungeons and how did they communicate with with each other in the castle i know there were a couple that i went to in england that actually had like a a bell system to communicate with well they there were things like that to communicate with but basically most of the castles had people that were servants and Mm -hmm. they would say go get uh go get charlotte i want to talk to her (laughs) or go tell charlotte this so um, yeah, and the fact is, when you're in a castle, you know the castle. Unless you're in a huge castle, like say Edinburgh Castle, mm-hmm. uh, if you're in a regular castle, you can just holler; they'll hear you. You know, there's no that. other sounds in there at all. You know, if you just holler, you sound really carries in the castles. That makes a lot of sense. Um, do you think a lot of the activity is? Um, it, it, is interactive or do you think some of it could be like residual hauntings? Well, there's definitely residual hauntings all over the place. Um, there's one, I can't remember the name of it, but they have a gray lady that appears uh, in this one castle. I happened to see her while I was sitting there while they were talking the tour and I looked over to my friend and I said, I just saw a gray shadow on the wall. And a minute later they said, yeah, there's a, uh, a gray lady that walks through the halls. And he looks at me and I was like, what can I tell you? <laughs> you know? So yeah, there there are several stories of things like that, you know, the residual hauntings. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of them are like at uh, Greyfriars uh, Kirkyard, which is a huge, huge cemetery. Right. Uh, people see the same thing coming and going, you know. But there's the thing about Scotland; it really doesn't matter where you are; it's haunted. The whole place, everywhere you go, is haunted. There is a place called Calton Hill in Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. And it's where all these monuments are. It's where they've got one that looks like, uh, you know, one of the walls from the Acropolis in Greece. 
-hmm. And it's got the uh, monuments, you know, for all the the Scottish uh, famous people, the writers and commanders and things like that. And I was walking up the hill. Uh, It's about 75 yard hill and it's maybe six feet wide. It's all asphalt. And it's got one railing down the middle. I was walking with a girl named Laurie Dorsey. She was on one side and I was on the other. And as we were walking up, I heard somebody right behind me say something. Something kind of ticked off. And he was like, pardon me. And I turned around and there wasn't a single person on the, on the place. And I could see for 70 yards. Right. And what's, what's funny is there's trees, you know, and, and uh, bushes that go, that line the thing. So you couldn't, there could be nobody hiding off to the side. So I just turned to Lori. I said, you hear that? She goes, pardon me? And I said, yeah. She goes, yeah, I heard it. She goes, I moved over. <laughs> I was like, so, I mean, it, it really doesn't matter. You don't have to be at a famous castle. I mean, they can pop out anywhere. Matter of fact, uh, one of the best K2 things I ever got in my life was a friend of mine was the reservation guy at the hotel I was staying at, which was a branch hotel. Um, and he told me, he says, you know, this place is haunted. I said, really? He goes, yeah, it's like two floors underground. Everybody says it's haunted down there. I said, well, let's go check it out. So that night he and I went down to check it out. And I got the most amazing K2 session I've ever gotten. And I've shown it to people and their jaws just drop. They're like, wow. So, you know, you never know what's haunted. I mean, who would think two floors below in a hotel is is the haunted place or the trail walking up to Calton Hill? You know, everybody thinks it's the graveyards. It's this, it's that. It's the whole place is haunted. <laughs> I can imagine because there's a lot of history there. You know, there's a ton of history. Oh, there's, everywhere you go, there's battles. There's been battles right. every single place you go. Right. Now, is there any negativity in any of these castles? You know, I've never cro- come across any negativity in uh, Scotland. Um, it's kind of cool that I haven't. I mean, I have come across it here in the States before. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I've been pushed down the stairs in San Diego. Well, you know, in Balgoni Castle, I got slapped in the back of the head. <laughs> One of the girls goes, Rick, and then, then I turn around. She goes, I saw something come up behind you. <laughs> Smacked me in the back of the head. It was like uh, Gibbs from NCIS, you know, just yeah. wasn't, wasn't like a big wind up and smack me. Just enough like, what was that? So I got bitch slapped by a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Because when I think of, you know, and I think when people think of um, negative entities, they they think of Fivey Castle, which is where, is that's not in Scotland, that's in Ireland, right? Which one? Fivey. That one I'm not not aware of. I I think that's that's in Ireland. I I think it's in Ireland. The one that's supposed to be the most haunted in Ireland is Lep Castle. Okay, maybe it's Lep. Yeah, there's supposed to be be an elemental in the chapel. That that is uh, Lep Castle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, I get confused uh, too. That place is pretty haunted too. <laughs> yeah. 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 As a matter of fact, if anybody reads my first book, Ghost Believe in Me, the last mm-hmm. story is about what happened to me at, at Lep Castle, and it's terrifying. Tell me. Yeah. Just a little uh, bit. Yeah. Well, it's, kind of, it's a pretty long to to get the whole story and take twenty minutes to tell you. But What's what it? happened? I, I can give you the Cliff Notes version. We'd been okay, to the yeah, Hellfire yeah. Club in Dublin. Yeah. And we investigated that. And that, that was very active also. And that had some negative energy to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we were leaving, two of the guys said they were starting to get a pain in their right eye. And then it went away. We get in the car. We drive to Love Castle. And we're there about 11 at night. We're about an hour early. And they're having a party 
inside there. So the whole front of the castle is full of cars. So we parked out on the road out in front of it, which is in the middle of nowhere, right? It's exactly like you would think of a castle in in, in uh, Ireland. It's long, you know, roads with, uh, you know, bushes on each side. And uh, we got out and the other guys ran up to the bushes because it had been, you know, an hour and a half driving and, you know, <laughs> they needed a bush. Let's put it that way. So I'm standing out there and it was cold and windy. And I grew up in Chicago and, you know, I've lived in California for forever now. And it felt like Chicago. I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm, I'm just going to stand here and enjoy this. And they, they, all the guys are getting back in the car because it's cold. And all of a sudden I felt what felt like a spear go through my eye. Wow. And I mean, I felt something hit me, go through my head. I felt it go <laughs> in out the back. And I grabbed my eye and water started gushing out of my eye. And it almost knocked me out. I started staggering backwards and I looked down at the ground. Now I did movie stunts for 40 years. Mm-hmm. One thing I know how to do is fall down, right? <laughs> so I looked down, I said, you know what? Go down now because you know, if you actually black out, you know, you're gonna do a face plant. Right. So I started to go to the ground and I heard a voice in my head that said, if you if you go, if you fall down, you'll never get up again. So naturally, I changed course and staggered over to the car and grabbed onto it. And Allie Reed, one of the guys that was with us, saw you know saw me out there and he jumped out of the car and came out and got me and gave me some water and you know took me behind the car and you know and I was just kind of leaning on it. And he says, uh, "Come on, get in the car." I said, "No, leave me out here. I'm kind of woozy. You know, the cold air and the breeze is helping." So he gets back in there. Now, one of the things I have in my book uh, for people who read paranormal books. Sure. You know, you can write anything you want. I can make up any kind of outlandish story and put it in the book. Right. But what I did is anytime there was somebody there when something happened, I let them tell their version too. Mm-hmm. Right. So that gives you a little more validity. There's two people saying, well, this is what really happened. Well, he said that, you know, they looked up in the mirror and they couldn't find me. So he got out and he said, I was hanging on the car by one hand. And he said, I was totally white. He says, and I wasn't breathing because I was going, right? So they drug me and put me in the car and we drove in front of Love Castle and all the people were coming out. So they said, okay, we can go in. I said, guys, just leave me in the car, right? Let me let me get back because I was really wobbly. Uh, my vision started to go. It went like this. All my energy blew out of me and I was pretty sure I was about to die. And I mean, I say that with all sincerity and <laughs> What I just finally said was, you know, I've got to do a lot of things and I got to see a lot of things other people never will. So if today's my day, I'm okay with it. And a couple of minutes later, I started feeling the energy coming back and my eyes started clearing up. And I was like, what just happened? <laughs> right? Well, one of the guys sent me a message saying he just found out something that um, about two weeks later said, uh, there had been a duel between two people at the Hellfire Club. One guy got shot through the right eye and died. Whoa. So what I figured has happened is that spirit attached to me. Mm-hmm. I think he tried to attach to the other two guys first because they started to get the ache behind the eye. Mm-hmm. But I'm really open to the spirits. That's why I get more interaction. And I think he glommed onto me and went, and you know what? This is honest, honestly the way I feel. Uh, that I, I would have been toast if I hadn't said what I said, because I think the, the spirit went, oh, no, 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 I just, I, no, I don't want, no, I just wanted you to see what happened. That's enough and backed off of me. 
And after that, I started feeling better. But um, there is some danger to ghost hunting sometimes. I mean, that was, you know, I wouldn't want anybody else to go through that. I really wouldn't. But uh -huh. I'm kind of glad I did. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. How do you prepare yourself to go on a ghost hunt? I just walk in. <laughs> no, seriously, I just walk in because I happen to know and it, it's strange that I'm not alone. I've got I've got people with me. Uh -huh. You know, <laughs> so I'm not, those things don't scare me, right? Uh -huh. um, you know, I did get an attachment at the uh, Pioneer Saloon. That boy, that one, that one, I thought I was gonna. You got extremely sick. Let's put it that way. Instantly, out of uh -huh. nowhere. Uh, and then when they listen back to the voices and you can hear me say, guys, I got to go, right? And you hear this voice go, turn Rick back, right? And I turned, I turned around and looked. And I said, guys, I've never done this before. Have a good hunt. I'm out of here. And as I start to walk away, there's a male voice that says, release him. So there are things out there that are hard to explain, you know? Yes. Yes. But when you get it on tape and you can hear what they're saying, you know, it's a little different level. I always find it fascinating, too, when you get them to interact. We were in an old hotel in the, up in the gold country. I think it was the Ion Hotel. And we, we were talking. No, I think it was up, up in Tahoe. Up by Lake Tahoe. And we were talking because we were just, you know, you get that point at night where you're really tired. Mm -hmm. And so you're just shooting the breeze. The recorders are rolling, you know, and you're, you're just saying nothing. And all of a sudden, you hear these these two voices come on, these two these two male voices. And one guy says, "I'm burning up," and the other guy goes, "I wonder why." And we turned around, did the research, and found out that, that that hotel had burnt down. Oh boy! At one point, but it's just weird stuff like that, or, or like up at the Ion Hotel, same thing. You're exhausted at the end of the night. You're having this conversation, and we were talking about. The, one of the one of the team members bought like one of those Niagara beds, and we were talking about that. And the ghost came on and said, "Well, I like the beds here." That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, I I will tell you, uh, most people are familiar with the Birdcage Theater in Tombstone. Uh -huh. I mean, it was very famous. That's like where Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday and all them rascals hung out. Uh -huh. And down in the basement, they had a the world's longest running poker game. It was over eight years long. And that doesn't mean they closed at night and they started in the morning. It stayed open all the time. So every time somebody dropped out, somebody else jumped in. Uh -huh. Well, I got lucky enough that Billy, who owns the place, or did then, I don't know if he still does, um, let me go in and ghost hunt just me and him. Uh -huh. And I set my camera down in the lower floor in the poker room, uh, my night vision camera. And I, as I was walking up the stairs, I looked and I said, did you die down here? I didn't hear anything. Then I said, did you kill somebody down here? Because, I mean, there's so many people got killed in this place. It was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But um, all my equipment went off. I had nine pieces of equipment in there, and it all went off in 45 minutes. Wow. Killed it all. right? And Billy goes, that happens all the time here. So I, I went back to my hotel. And I got when I got back here, I started to just look through stuff. And I looked through the thing from the from the uh, poker room, mm -hmm. and you hear me and Billy coming down the stairs, and we're talking. And all of a sudden, you hear a voice with a Hispanic accent. Now, 
that's not surprising because most of the residents at, around that time of Tombstone were from Mexico because Mexico is like right there. I mean, you can throw a rock into Mexico. Um, but this voice, as we're talking, all of a sudden you hear this, this voice with the accent go, I had to. Wow. Which had to be the answer to, did you kill somebody? Wow. Right. Well, yeah. I, I sent that to Billy because I was doing a live stream ghost hunt uh, in Arizona, which wasn't very oh, far away. And I said, Billy, you have to listen to this. And I sent it to him. He goes, wow. I said, can I get down into that place again tonight? And he goes, well, he says, if you can get here in 15 minutes, I said, well, I'm right outside. I'm coming in. <laughs> right. So I went in, I went down there and it took me 38 seconds till he said something else to me. I turned on my recorder and I said, uh, last time I was here, I asked you if you'd killed anybody and you said you had to. I said, uh, did you uh, ever see anybody get killed? He goes, yes. So that guy, if you ever get down to the birdcage, go down to the, go to the poker room. That guy likes to talk. That is really cool. I yeah. had a friend go in there, a psychic friend of mine go in there, and, she had, and a friend of hers went in there with, with digital voice recorders, and it was windy outside. You could you could hear the wind outside. Yeah. But what, but what what she picked up was uh, music. She actually picked up music in the birdcage. Well, I, I can explain that because I, I had the same thing. Yeah. Where I was picking up music. It turns out that down down the way on the on the same side of the street, mm -hmm. they they have karaoke at night. So okay. right. I was picking up music too, and I was like, "Where's the music coming from?" Because it was right. late, you know. It was like eleven at night, and I'm like, "Yeah." And it turns out that uh, they're having karaoke. And you know, the weirdest thing is, it turns out because I put down about how there's karaoke that night, mm -hmm. a girl that I knew from my old apartment complex sent me a message she goes i was singing that night there so i might have been picking her up it was it was weird did you get the chance to go into big mills kate's at all oh yeah what did you yeah, think I've been all through that city many times yeah, what, what, what did you think of that 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 uh cave or mine shaft that goes back there did, did you detect well, anything I, in there I, I didn't get to go down there because i was there when the place was really really hopping okay. um but I mean, there's all kinds of rumors about what happened in that place. You know, mm -hmm. the miner found a lot of stuff. They killed him, and or they found him dead, or they never found him again. But they were, the, every time I heard the story, it was different. Um, one of the cool things was I went to a place called uh, Campbell and Hatch. Okay. Now everybody thinks that uh, uh, Morgan uh, Earp got killed playing uh, pool at the mm -hmm. Oriental. It wasn't at the Oriental, it was at Campbell and Hatch. And I asked him, I said, is this where Morgan got killed? And the lady up front yells, whatever, for the other girl, hey, come out here. So she comes out and she took me back there and she told me the real story of what had happened. And he actually got shot while they were playing pool. And they actually tried to kill Wyatt. A bullet hit right above his head. And uh, they grabbed him. They never picked him up and put him on the pool table because when they tried to pick him up, he started screaming because he was in so much pain. They actually put him on a settee. And he died on that. So it, it's kind of cool getting the real versions when you're out, you know, ghost hunting. And, right. Yeah. Well, what was interesting, I had a psychic friend with me, and this is during the day. You know, we, we were there just for the day. And we're walking we're, you know, we're walking down Main Street, Tombstone, and she says, oh, there's two men over here. I said, what do you mean there's two men? They're, they're standing right here. They're talking to me. 
they're showing me. I got their names, you know, and all this. And I said, okay. So well, we go down to where the dress-up place is, and I'm like, well, what kind of hats were they wearing? And she points them out and everything to me. You know, this is what they were wearing. Get back to the hotel, do the research, and they're buried at Boot Hill. That's pretty cool. Yeah, both the names we got. That's a place I might go back to. Did you go to Boot Hill and see how many people were unknown? Yes. Yeah, I mean, that town was wild. People coming to town, bam, drag them away. No, that town was crazy. Absolutely. By by the way, you know, I like like gun smoke in the old westerns. Mm hmm. And you know they're all the the sheriffs are always complaining they have no money. Yeah. Well, every time they shoot one of these guys, they shoot five people every show. Keep their horses, keep their guns, take their money. <laughs> Be the richest guy in the place by the end of the year. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> what are you supposed to do? Just leave. You know, every time they throw it, throw your gun away, right? And he gets killed. They just leave it there. They're like twenty five dollars back then. Go pick That's it up. Sell it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I would love to go back and then do a then do a regular investigation, you know, instead of just a walkthrough during the day. I I, I would I would kill do the birdcage and stuff. Maybe I'll get back there soon. Yeah, the bird cage, bird cage is really something. Uh, there's another place there. Um, I can't think of the name of it, but it's the mortuary. Um, it's right down the way a little bit. It's it's right near uh, Big Nose Caves, mm-hmm. and uh, they actually have uh, ghost hunts in there at night. Mm-hmm. And uh, that would be a good place to go too, because they have new owners, and I talked to the ladies; they're really cool. Absolutely, I'm gonna have to get down there. Let's talk about Hollywood. You're the Hollywood Ghost Hunters. I don't know anything about Hollywood. No, you don't know, huh? You just you just went out here for fun. Tell me about Hollywood. Well, what can I tell you? There's all kinds of there's all kinds of haunts here. I mean. Uh, I was fortunate enough that the um, the Dark Zone people asked me to start leading some hunts at the LAPD Museum. Now, the LAPD Museum is where they have all the evidence from the famous murders, like the Black Dahlia, Marilyn Monroe when she died, uh, the North Hollywood shootout from the guys that fired 1,700 bullets at the police, which I actually happened to be right down the street when that happened. Wow. Um, yeah, I thought they were making a movie. I mean, I heard all the shooting. I saw the cars flying around the corner. I was like, ah, I wonder what they're shooting. And then just left. You know, then I find out. I went down to Gelson's and they said, uh, that's the market I go to. Did you hear about the bank robbery? I said, what bank robbery? She said, right up on Lower Canyon. I said, oh, I was just there. I thought they were, I thought they were shooting a movie. But uh, there are a lot of places. I, and the LAPD Museum is very haunted. Very haunted. Um, Mikey Thompson and I came up with an idea for the uh, the North Hollywood shootout room because there's the mannequins of them with their actual clothing and guns and everything else. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people get really creeped out going in. I've been there with some very seasoned investigators who did not want to go in. Right? They were picking up some real bad vibes. Um, that usually doesn't stop me. I just go and say, knock it off. Right? But uh, it's amazing. We decided to try something different. And what we did is uh, we got a tape of machine gun fire. And when we went in there, we went in there with an SLS camera. And I was I was asking questions and stuff. And all of a sudden, we hit the music. And both of the uh, mannequins, boom, you know, the skeletons in there. And they both were going like this. And one of them, they were trying to get out the glass. And one of them fell. Got a fell face first on the ground. 
right? And then you see him struggling to get up and the other guy getting out. And so there's there's been some really, really good things happen at that place. I like your investigation style. Well, you know, it's just you just have to be yourself. That's really cool. So, you know, again, when you, when you approach a place like that, do you check the history out beforehand or after? I, I never check the history out. I might know something about the building because they're famous, uh -huh. but I don't want to know. Um, because if I come in there, I'll give you, for instance, at the LAPD Museum, I knew nothing about it other than the fact that it had all the all the evidence from things and, you know, might have some residual energy off of it and all uh -huh. that things. And uh, when I got there, uh, Dark Zone had had a three-day event and Susan Slaughter, Kristen Lumen, and Brandon Aldous had been there for the first two days. And I came in on the third day and Jay Bloomkey, who was uh, directing and producing the whole thing, um, told me, he says, look, we, we're going to go in and we're going to do um, the recap of the first two days and then we'll come out and get you. Just sit here in the front, you know, at the reception area and we'll come and get you. I said, okay. So I'm sitting there and I can see the glass doors right in front of me. There's a little stairway down. I can see everything right in front of me. So I'm just sitting there. And here's somebody in heavy boots come walking down the hallway, right? So I'm like here, you know, you know how you can track somebody walking. I'm like, uh -huh. okay, here he comes, here he comes. And then he walks right in front of me, but there's nobody there, right? And I hear him going down the hall. So Jay came out and I said, Jay, I think I already got my first uh, first thing happened. He said, what? I said, sitting there, somebody with heavy boots on walked right down the hall in front of me and I didn't see anybody. And he goes, wait a minute, you have to talk to Misha. Now Misha Wall. Misha Walden was the lady that ran the ghost hunts for the LAPD Museum. Uh -huh. And she, he says, tell her. Right. So I told her what happened. She goes, CJ, I told you. And she had told Jay that every day out of her office, she hears a guy walking down the hallway. Uh -huh. But we were able to kind of figure out that it was a motorcycle cop named Walter, who was the first motorcycle cop ever killed. And they had a shrine to him downstairs, you know, up on the wall and stuff like that. Uh -huh. I went down and I started talking to Walter. Now me and Walter are friends, which is really strange because I remember we had a uh, psychic there, uh, Melissa St. Hilaire, who's very, very good. And she was one of the people that was investigating. And I came walking in and I set my K2 meter down and there were two other ones on, on the table. And we actually have it on film too, so it's kind of cool. And she goes, yeah, she goes, I just, I just got a voice. I think they said Arthur. I said, they probably said Walter. Right. And they said, why? I said, because Walter's here a lot. And I, and I just went, hey, Walter, this is Rick. Are, are you here? And all three K2 meters went. And they went, whoa. And I said, is that you really, Walter? And all again. And they're like, wow. And I said, yeah, Walter, Walter's pretty cool. But uh, the LAPD Museum is, I think, probably the most haunted place in L.A. You know, uh, David Oman's house up in the Beverly, in Beverly Hills right, is also right. very haunted. Right. When you talk about you know the, the, the evidence that they have at that LAPD museum, I was always wondering that in my previous life before being a ghost hunter, because I was a crime court reporter. And I remember, you know, doing stories on evidence rooms and, and morgue evidence rooms and stuff. And I always wondered if there was some kind of, you know, act, ghostly activity that might be related to that stuff. Well, I, I really do think so. I, I think... Um objects can can hold energy for sure and i mean i'll give you for instance one day we were there and it was the 25th anniversary of the north hollywood shootout and it just so happened that ghost adventures 
was showing their their uh, LAPD museum ghost hunt. Mm -hmm. So we started off by watching what the ghost adventures, you know, and I happen to like those guys, me and my group have been on it before. So, um, but we all watched it and we get, you know, we kind of figured out what they're doing, but uh, found out something, they found out something that I hadn't known that a lady had gone into the firing range, which it's not like you think it is. It's just a uh, cinder block little hallway where now they keep all, all the records, right? There's no firing range anymore, but evidently she'd found a gun and, committed suicide in the, in the firing range. Wow. And they said, you know, we were able to find out, you know, in the newspaper and stuff that her name was Margaret. So we were back down in the conference room again and we were all talking. And I said, uh, I know that there's a lady here who passed away in the firing range. I didn't say killed herself. I was trying to be more gentlemanly than that. And I said, are you here? Right. Didn't hear anything. I said, uh, what's your name? And it goes, Margaret. So that's the name that they had found. And it can't, we got it on tape that she said Margaret. So I think she's there too. Wow. I'd like to check that place out too. So you made me want to go out to all these places. This is your fault. Well, <laughs> well just keep an, eye on my, keep an eye on my thing because uh, we might be going back to the LAPD Museum again. Cool. I'm going to be on the phone, you know, just talk, trying to find these places out. This is cool. Yeah, the LAPD cool. Museum is, is very, very haunted. What other place do you think is haunted out there? I mean, there's a lot of places, obviously, but what where you know there's there's a lot of activity. Well, David Oman's house has a lot of activity. Um, there's also the Queen Mary has quite a bit of of activity there sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, I did learn a lesson though about wearing my Hollywood Ghost Hunter shirt on the Queen Mary. I went there with my stepmother and her boyfriend. We we're going to stay overnight and go to Catalina the next day. Mm -hmm. Everywhere I went, people stopped me and went, are you going to ghost hunt tonight? I went, not supposed to, you know. They said, yeah. And I said, but if you see somebody wandering around on the, the top deck, you know, late at night, just come on over. And over the course of the night, 14 people joined up with me. I like my own tour group. Right? So it's hard to keep a low profile when you've got an entourage. Absolutely. I had an experience on the Queen Mary. I, I took the silly ghost tour because it is a silly ghost tour. You know, that tour they have, yeah. the, the doorknobs move and all that. But I had an experience. Um, I don't know if it was the dining salon. But we were coming along the, the, the one side of the boat, the ship, and um, I all of a sudden felt sick to my stomach. And I had to sit down. And this is where I found out that little girl went overboard. That little child mm -hmm. went overboard. And from what they told me, and I don't know if it's true, but what 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 I was told was that she looks for her mother, and so she'll 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 she'll, she'll run through women, and so that's probably what she had done with what she had run through me. It was yeah, the first I time I have heard that story before, but that one yeah. that, one, that one's pretty good. Yeah, it's the first time um, I've ever had anything like that happen to me. I wasn't even a ghost hunter back then; I just took the tour for fun. Yeah. You know, then all of a sudden. My, my friend's standing next to me and she says, boy, you're really white. And I said, yeah, I don't feel good. Yeah, that, was, that sounds almost to me like she was trying to attach to you. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, did have a pretty, I had a pretty good experience on the uh, Queen Mary. My mother came out to visit me. This is like 15 years ago. And she wanted to stay overnight on the Queen Mary. See, a lot of people don't realize the Queen Mary is a hotel. Right. Right. So I got us a room, and when we were checking in up, you know, you have to check in up on top. 
-hmm. There were probably 40 or 50, I would say, high school girls all in Mm -hmm. prom dresses walking around. No guys, just the girls, right? Mm -hmm. So anyway, you know, we signed in, we went downstairs and they had put us way down like the four floors below and all the way up at the uh, stern. So we were like, you know, persona non grata. We were like put out into Siberia. Right. Well, at the time they had a bakery on the on the ship. And my mother said, can you go get me a donut? Right. And I opened up the door and I was I was leaning back on the door frame. Right. And I could look down the hall this way. And behind me, I heard what sounded like maybe a dozen girls in party mode, you know, mm-hmm. giggling and laughing and just carrying on. It sounded like they're maybe 20 yards from me at the most. Mm-hmm. And I turned around and looked down the hallway. Now, if you've ever seen the hallways of the Queen Mary, they're like 300 yards long. Right, right. <laughs> you can see forever. Nobody there. So, you know, ghost hunting guy turned around and took off and went up to each of the little alcoves and went up and listened, you know nobody down there so either i had something paranormal happen to me or all of a sudden teenage girls could be quiet Mm -hmm. totally silent for the rest of the night so i'm putting my money on the paranormal (laughs) so uh yeah that that one was interesting the one i find interesting too the stories people tell are are the stories of the men's voices in the the very tip of the bow and my father told me this my my father was uh in the coast guard of world war ii and he told me that story about how the Queen Mary uh, ran, you know, rammed that ship, you know, practically broke that ship in half. Yeah. And his theory is, and that's always been his theory, is that these voices they hear in the bow are the poor sailors that that, that were stuck. Probably, probably a good thing. Well, there's the boiler room got ripped open too, from what I understand, and a lot of people got killed in there. So the boiler room actually had some pretty good activity, mm-hmm. you know, down there. So. It, it is a haunted place, you know. It, it's uh, you're not supposed to ghost hunt on it, though, but everybody does. <laughs> everybody does, yeah. Have you had? Uh, I know they, they don't let people in the in the pool area anymore. I remember the last time. That's how long ago it's been since I've been there, because I, I was able to walk around walk around the edges of that pool area. Have you been able to get in the you know get near there over the years and, and test anything out out there? Yeah, I've been in there a few times. Um, I got, I got, you know, some hits on the, on the uh, K2 meter, but when I was there, there were a lot of people and that tends to really knock down how good of a ghost hunt you're going to have because uh-huh. there's just way too many people chattering and everything else. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been in there a few times. I've actually been in there when it was just me and one other person, but we couldn't stay very long, but uh-huh. it is especially by the shower area. And I don't think they talk about that. When you go around there, you can really get the feeling that stuff's going on. And I think that's, I think I had my K2 meter with me, and that's where it was really going off. Interesting. So, yeah, that, that's another good good place. There's another place uh, that's haunted that not too many people know about. It's out in Ontario, and it's called the Graber Olive House. And that place is, is, is pretty haunted. What happens in there? So, uh, well, they, they see uh, things moving and, they, you know, they see thing they call like like a creeper thing that crawls on the ceiling. Uh, I did not see that. But I did a thing with Home and Family Television Show. And I took one of the hostesses out there, Debbie Matinopoulos. Uh-huh. And we did the Halloween ghost hunt. And we did get, um, I caught on tape, something come up from the ground, a white 
sh white shape come up and go fly past. And it wasn't an orb. It would look, it was kind of like this, you know, it, was, didn't, it wasn't a round little ball and, and dust and stuff like this. This came up from the ground and went, so that, that was pretty cool. And we got uh, quite a few uh, responses to the K2. As a matter of fact, we were all laughing. It seemed like the uh, spirit that was interacting with us kind of had the hearts for Debbie because <laughs> he would answer her but he wouldn't answer anybody else that's really cool what about the you're talking about the 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 what the the, the the ormond house earlier the omen house the omen house i'm sorry ormond i don't know where my mind is today yeah tell me about that because i know you know a lot of people may not know the history of the, the property well the the history behind the thing and the uh the story of it is that about 75 yards away is where the Manson family killed Sharon Tate and everybody else. Mm -hmm. And when David was building his house, from what I understand, they were bulldozing that other house okay. where all that happened. So some people tend to think that the energy went somewhere else and it went to where the house was being built. Mm -hmm. And I have gotten quite a few things happen in his place, you know, um, been there many many times it's uh, um it's an remember, interesting place i remember when that one tv show was there and i forget <laughs> there's so many of them but they actually caught what they thought was sharon tate's voice in the house well i think we caught sharon tate's voice in the house okay um we had um i don't know if you're familiar with chris moon chris moon is uh very good with the uh not the spirit box the frank's box Mm -hmm. And he was asking, then he goes, well, who's here with us, Sharon? Right. And then we started getting voices through the thing. And it was it, it was pretty interesting. Um, one of the things that I found really interesting, we I had brought a lot of people to this place, mm -hmm. you know, and people, just to be honest, that were pretty well known. Right. So if you're trying to if you're trying to fake things, it would be easy to find things out about pretty much everybody that I brought except mm -hmm. for one guy and he worked at fox as a secretary and he was i would ghost hunt with him once in a while and he had told us on the way in the car why he started ghost hunting because his his grandma rose had died and he saw her in the kitchen when he walked got up to get a drink of water he says that's what got him interested mm -hmm. so if you're going to try a fast one and chris moon wouldn't that's not where i'm going with this at all right right, right. Uh, you know because uh, i like chris i trust him um you would pick somebody that it would be very easy to get information about, right? Like how hard would it be to find stuff about Kane, the guy who plays Jason? I mean, there's 5,000 right. articles about him. There's two right. movies about him. There's two books about him. I mean, you can find all kinds of stuff. Right. Um, but we're sitting there and um, Chris Moon turns around. He goes, Lewis. And Lewis goes, me? He goes, yeah. And he goes, you know, somebody named Rose. And he goes, Rose wants to talk to you. And he goes, well, that's my bubby. He, he's Jewish. That That's the way they say uh, grandmother. Right? He goes, that's my bubby. Right. And then it said another name. He goes, uh, Irene, I think it was. And he says, do you know somebody named Irene? He goes, that's my other bubby. Right. And then he goes like this. He goes, are you guys in heaven? And the voice said, where else would we be? <laughs> right. So, so I found that very interesting that this, the one that was getting communicated with was the one that you would not be able to find any information about, much less their, their grandmothers that had passed away, 
-hmm. you know, so that, that was pretty interesting. But I've gotten several videos there that David actually shows people when they come into his house. Absolutely. So, that is just too cool. You know, I will, I will tell you one more about that place okay, that was very ahead. cool. Uh, we were all downstairs. It's, it's a three levels house, you know, and we were down in the basement level. And he's got a door that goes out, and then there's these cement stairs, mm -hmm. and they're slab stairs. They're not, you know, they're just a thin slab, mm -hmm. so you can see through them. And we heard the people walking out there. So me and my one friend, Robert, we opened the door, and he walked out. He went down the stairs and around the side to see if there's anybody down there. And I'm standing there, and it's fall, so there's leaves all over the, all over the stairs. And while I'm standing there, I'm looking down the stairs, I hear behind me, crunch, 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 something coming down the stairs, really loud. So I turn around and I can tell where it's at just by hearing where the sound's coming from, right? And it stops one stair above me, right? And I'm standing there and I just looked over and I went, hi, <laughs> right? And I, and I hear laughing because Robert had come around the corner and he'd heard the stuff coming down. He saw me, he said, hi, <laughs> right? So, yeah, that, that, that place has some really interesting things happen there. Well, this hour has blown by, and I want to thank you so much for coming on. Anytime, anytime. I love talking about ghosts. Oh, we'd love to get you back on to talk about ghosts. That would be great. Sweet. So what's next, for, what's next for you? That's a good question. I am going back to Scotland uh, in uh, either late May or early, early June, and uh -huh. I'll be there for, for about a month. Uh, I am thinking of trying to, there's a famous place there called the West Highland Way. And it's a, it's a hiking trail, 96 miles long. And I'm thinking about giving that a whirl. So, but then again, I don't know if I want to take up, you know, 10 days of my ghost hunting time walking out on a trail. Right. So I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. Absolutely. So, absolutely. But I love how, Scotland. How can people find you? Uh, usually the easiest way is just uh, look for my name on, on Facebook. Or you can look for Hollywood Ghost Hunters on Facebook, or you can look for Ghost Believe in Me on Facebook, and any of those will come to me. Okay, fair and, enough. And I answer everybody that, that hits me up. So, Cool, cool, cool. Well, thank you so much, and I appreciate it, and uh, I will be in touch with you again. All right. I appreciate it. You know, you asking me. Have a great holiday, sir. Bye, everybody. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. All right, that was really interesting, and uh, wow, we're going to have to get him back on again tomorrow. Michael Shermer is going to be with us, and he's going to be—he's written a book, a few books on on conspiracies and why people buy into conspiracies. So he's going to be here at six thirty p.m. tomorrow, six thirty p.m. Pacific. Anyway, I want to thank everybody for coming tonight. I really appreciate it. I'm going to go ahead and run his contact information, and then I'm going to blow out of here. I've got a meeting I got to be at, so uh, here we go. Let me run this. Okay, websites, facebook.com, rick.mccallum. And, of course, his two books. Which you can get at Amazon, okay? Okay. Uh, again, if, if you like what you saw, please, you know, be sure to hit that like, like and follow button on Facebook. And, or if you're watching from YouTube, hit that little ghost and it'll subscribe you to, a, to our stuff. We have 460 videos over there. 
And if you like what you saw, share it with five people. If you hated what you saw, saw share it with five share it with five of your enemies. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. Have a great evening.